Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Dobberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. In this and next week's episode of the podcast, I want to share some thoughts on two very important figures in the Torah. The first is Moses, and the second is Aaron. In this week's Torah portion, Parshat Chukat, we read of the sin of Moses, which prevented Moses from leading the people into the land of Israel. We also read of the death of Aaron, his brother. And it's an interesting contrast that the rabbinic tradition presents between these two individuals and an interesting topic to discuss, to explore, and to consider. Next week, Aaron. This week, Moses. There's a great rabbinic tradition, Ein Mukdam Um Uchar Torah, which loosely translates as, you shouldn't read the Torah in chronological order. You shouldn't assume that events which take place before other events in the text of the Torah necessarily happened before those events. That the Torah isn't presented as a chronological history. That may be true, in terms of the way that we want to interpret the Torah in many situations. But regarding Moses, at this point in his career, I believe you have to read this week's Parsha and the three that came before it as coming in chronological order. Parshat Bahalotcha, Parshat Shlachlacha, Parshat Korach, and Parshat Chukat. We need to look at them as coming in chronological order if we want to examine this part of Moses' life. Let me explain. Three weeks ago in Parshat Bahalotcha, we read the story of the people coming before Moses and demanding meat. They were tired of the man, the manna. They wanted meat. Moses responds to God angrily with an outburst of, in essence, self-pity, maybe deserved self-pity, but nonetheless, where he says, why do I have, why am I burdened with these people? Did I give birth to them? That I have to carry them like a, a, a nursemaid carries an infant? Uncharacteristic for Moses to speak about the people in this way and to speak about himself in this way. The following week, in Parshat Shlach Lecha, we read the story of Moses sending out scouts to explore the land of Canaan and come back with a report. And as I spoke about it, Last week, when we spoke about Parshat Shlach Lecha, there's a whole debate about actually who was behind this. Was it Moses' idea? Was it the people's idea? But one way or the other, it was clearly a tactical mistake that Moses made in not relying on God's promise that the land was a good land, but instead allowing the, the scouts to come back and give a public report about what the land was like. Then, last week, we read Parshat Korach, where there's a rebellion against Moses and Aaron's leadership, and Moses' response is really not to the point. He doesn't answer the charges that they're making. Instead, he gets all wrapped up in the challenge that was going to take place to prove that he, in fact, he and Aaron were, in fact, legitimate leaders of the people. And then finally, this coming week in Parshat Chukat, we read the story of the sin of Moses. The people come to Moses and need water. 
Now, previously, Moses had hit a rock with his staff and water had come out. This time he turns to God and God says to them, take your stick, you and Aaron, take the staff, hold the staff in front of the rock, but speak to the rock, command the rock to give forth water. Moses lashes out at the people again, saying, listen, you rebels, are we going to get water from this rock? It's not clear whether he's questioning or whether he's making a statement. We're not sure, but one way or the other, instead of speaking to the rock, ordering the rock that God has commanded, Moses hits the rock and not only hits it once, but twice. Water does come forth, but then God says to Moses, because and to Aaron, because you didn't have faith enough in me to elevate me, to sanctify me in the presence of the people, you will not lead the people into the land. Now let's consider what happens here. Let's take a step back and look at this process. First, we have Moses' outburst of self-pity and, and, and disgust. Then we have a tactical error of Moses sending the scouts instead of trusting in God. Then we have his weak, perhaps, response to the rebellion of Korach. And now we have his failure to elevate God. What does that mean? Well, what it means is that God said to Moses, I want you to do something different. Instead of hitting the rock with the staff, which we know would bring forth water, I want you to talk to it because that will give the people an extra understanding of God's power. It will take it up a step. It will do something different. It will elevate even further their idea of what I am, says God, and sanctify me in a different way. And Moses fails to do it. And while all of the rabbis argue right and left about what Moses' sin was, I think it's written right in the text. Moses had a chance to do something different, to do something novel. And he instead relied on what had worked before, not taking the people to another level in their faith in God. Why am I fascinated by this and why do I think it has to be read in chronological order? Because I think it really depicts the unraveling of Moses' career as a leader and therefore led God to tell Moses not as much of a punishment but as an acceptance of reality that he could not lead the people anymore. He was making tactical mistakes. He didn't respond directly to a challenge. He was filled with self-pity and he didn't have the courage or the faith, the confidence in himself, in God, to take the people another step. And God says, in essence, you've done a great job as leader of the people. No one else could have done what you did, but it's time for you to step back and it's time for a new leader who will be Joshua, who will lead the people to new challenges as they enter into the land. I think that this section of the Torah is, is remarkable. And I think that it, is, it resonates with people, especially with people of a certain age who are coming towards the end of their careers, when they start to realize that it is time to take a step back. It is time to say, I can't take my leadership an extra step. I can't do the things that are required to keep on top of my role as a leader. It is time to step back. And I think that Moses really doesn't complain to God that it isn't fair that he's not allowed to lead the people into the land. There is a whole set of Midrashim, which just before Moses' death has Moses 
calling out to God and saying, this isn't fair that I shouldn't come into the land with the people. And by the way, I've always been fascinated by the fact that God said, never said you can't go into the land. In the book of Numbers, it says you can't lead the people into the land. While the rabbis say that at the very end of his life, Moses said to God, well, can I, can I at least travel behind the pack? Can I stand at the back of the line? And God says, no. I wonder, just in, in, in kind of this fantasy world of explaining this portion and imagining what might have happened, what would have happened if God had said to Moses, you can't lead the people, which is what, in fact, he says you won't bring the people into the land, if Moses had said at that point, okay, I don't have to lead, but let me stand on the back. Maybe God would have agreed at that point. It's just, it's, it's another uh, way of looking at the story. But getting back to the story itself, Moses doesn't complain. He doesn't say it isn't fair because I think he himself knew that he was reaching the end of his career. But what happens at that point? And what happens in, later in the Torah? Again, ignoring the rabbinic idea that you can't read the Torah chronologically, and in this fact, accepting the Torah's chronology as, as fact, what happens? As the book of Deuteronomy begins, Moses is standing with the people, the new generation, about to enter into the land. And in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses shares words that are much different than he shared before. He shared words of great spiritual meaning, of great emotion. If you read the book of Deuteronomy, it's the language is completely different from the rest of the Torah. Moses talks about, you are children of God. You should love the Lord your God. You should be pure before God. You should choose life. All of these beautiful, uplifting spiritual statements are put in the mouth of Moses. And maybe the reality is that when Moses was freed from the responsibility of leading the people, when Moses realized he wasn't going to have to deal with the day-to-day -day needs of the people, he was able to find new language and new ways to speak and new ways to think about what the people needed to hear and was able to, in fact, give them the courage and the encouragement to elevate themselves, even if he was not going to be the one who would lead them into the land. I'm fascinated by this portion, as you, by these portions, as you can tell, I hope. And I do think that part of it is because many of us, and I will talk about myself very briefly, face many of these issues as we come towards the end of our careers. We look back and say, the time has come to step back, but we still have something to offer. And that's, I think, the lesson that Moses gives. Realizing it's time to step back from the day to day, but we still can teach and we still can inspire and maybe even do it in some senses in a stronger way without the day-to-day -day responsibilities of leadership. Next week, we'll talk about Aaron. Until next time, thank you.